of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved of the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us His forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto you, and in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With upright heart he shepherded them, and guided them with his skillful hand. He commanded the skies above, and opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to be, and gave them the grain of heaven. Mandate of the bread of the angels, he sent them food in With upright heart he shepherded them, and guided them with his skillful hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now. Thank you. 
merciful Father, you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, as the heavenly bread of life. Grant us faith to feast on him in your word and sacraments, that we may be nourished unto life everlasting. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Scripture readings for this, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost, the Old Testament reading from the 16th chapter of Exodus, verses 2 through 15. Now the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. And so Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. And then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning dew lay around the camp, and when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine, flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. And when the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all, all things. To him be glory forever, Lord of men. The epistle lesson from the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. 
I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We join together in the singing of the hymn of preparation for the reading of the gospel, hymn number 644, The Church's One Foundation.
stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Glory be to On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And so when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. And then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Together we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. 
and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. morning we consider the words of St. John from our gospel reading. He, he writes that Jesus then said to them, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, my Father is giving you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. So far our text, dear friends, in our Lord Jesus, few needs in life are more basic than bread. To alter a bit a a remark once made by the intertestamental writer, a writer between the two testaments, the Old and New Testament, the Jewish writer Ben Sirach, he said in essence, he said the essentials for life are water and bread and clothing and a house to cover one's head. Essential. It's a good word to describe bread. Of course, there are cultures that have another staple to their dietary universe like rice, but, but certainly for the most part our American culture and most certainly the Judeo-Greco-Roman culture of Jesus' day, for that culture bread was it. Bread was it. In fact, bread was such a necessity that it, it became in that first century vernacular, bread became a word to sum up and symbolize daily sustenance or the means to get it. And so Jesus would teach us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Bread meaning, as Luther describes it to us, everything that belongs to the support and the needs and the wants of the body. And as I say, people began to use the word bread to mean proceeds, their earnings, those things that you would use, the means that you would use to to acquire your daily bread. Just like we'll still today sometimes use the word bread in the slang of sort, to to mean money. Bread meant life. Bread meant life, and so you can just imagine what it meant to a wilderness-wearied people when, as we heard in the Old Testament reading today, the, the Lord told Moses, he said, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. What welcomed words in the desert, right? Rain, bread... Words full of life in a desolate and and an otherwise very deadly place. Bread meant life. Still does. It still does. And the bread lines of the 1930s now immortalized in bronze at the FDR Memorial in Washington, D.C. by statues of Depression-era men waiting in line for their daily bread or, or even the one fewer loaf of bread that you would have in your cupboard these days. They remind us, don't they? They're reminders, big and small, but reminders nonetheless that bread still does mean life. Well, if that's true for the body, is it not also true for the soul? Every living body must eat, and so too every soul. And you know what happens to the body if you don't eat, and therefore you know too what happens to the soul. And so, what's the bread, what's the food for the soul? It's an important question today. It's an important question today because the wrong food won't do. I read recently that during the siege of Leningrad in World War II, the the townspeople, the people of that city, Leningrad, the Russian people, surrounded by the opposing army, their food supply being choked off, they resorted to making so-called bread out of anything they could find. In fact, they even used wallpaper paste and sawdust. Of course, thousands starved to death. 
Because that so-called bread, that bread simply wasn't the kind of bread that could nourish, that was able to nourish their bodies. It didn't have what it takes. What's the bread that nourishes a soul? Because the wrong one won't do. Well, early on in our gospel text for today, Jesus tells us which food it's not. Remember, he says, he warns those who followed him. He says, don't go after the food that perishes. He says, don't try, don't try to feed your soul with belly food. Because belly food won't do. It might feed your body. But the soul needs soul food. The physical life and the spiritual life, they're two different lives altogether. They need two different foods. In fact, John records Jesus with a very graphic and a coarse Greek word. Kortos is the word. It means cattle feed fodder, hay. And Jesus tells them, he says, that's why you seek me. Not because you believe in me and so your souls are fed. No, he says, you seek me because having been fed by those loaves I gave you, the fish I gave you, you ate your kortos, he says, your cattle feed, your fill of it. You ate your kortos and now you want some more. Belly food. It's not the kind of bread that that can nourish your soul. Sad truth is, though, that some follow Jesus for that very reason. And I think I can safely say there's a little bit of that in each and every one of us. Eyes are fixed on the loaves and on the fishes, on the presumed prosperity, on the gifts more than on the giver. And they'll follow expecting that Jesus is going to continue to multiply their bread baskets, expecting he'll fill the cupboards, garages, Their homes from wall to wall fill their bellies. Christ gives us daily bread according to the measure he chooses, his wise measure. He knows your needs for the day, but but note well that none of that bread, none of that bread he's made to last. All that belly food perishes. Why? Because he doesn't want you to rest your, your eternal hopes on it. All that belly food perishes, even the very best daily manna that he sends, he won't permit to endure. Because remember, remember what it was that happened to the manna that God, as we heard, rained from heaven for the people. It didn't last but a day, did it? He didn't permit it to last but a day. And already, if it's Saturday, it would begin to change and decay and stink and rot. Sometimes he even withholds for a while your kortos, that feed, that fodder. Sometimes he even withholds it for the very same reason he withheld it from those wilderness wandering people of his. And Moses would later explain to them, he says, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, not by that bread alone, by a higher bread. But man lives, he says, by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. That's a, that's a higher food, a soul food. That kortos, that fodder for the belly, it won't last. And so Jesus warns, don't labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And note that well, and don't leave today without missing Jesus' point here. Note it well. He's saying that as the food goes, 
so goes the eater of it. In that sense, you are what you eat. And friends, in our diet-conscious society, when we count carbs and we count cholesterol points, like never we have before in human history, and when we even consider now taxing foods that would, would lead us, we would think, in an unhealthy direction, with our eyes and ears and our minds so finely tuned to our food, then we best sit up and listen to Jesus' dietary imperative to us. He says, don't labor for the food that perishes, apoluo, in the Greek. And you know where else he uses that word apoluo? It's in John 3 when he says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not, apoluo, shall not perish. For as goes the food, so goes the eater of it. So don't make life's highest labor that food that perishes or you will too. And that's his word. But rather make it the food, the true bread, the soul food that endures to eternal life. For as the food goes, so goes the eater of it. Jesus' words here is his preaching. It's the kind of preaching that makes the soul hungry for that food of which he speaks. But you know, even before the crowd can ask Jesus, well, how do we get this food? Jesus beats them to the point and he says to them, yes, in this food that endures, the Son of Man will give to you. Dose, another important Greek word here. It means he'll give it to you without expecting return. He'll gift it to you. And we're not used to that. We're used to working for our bread. In fact, that's the way it's been ever since the fall, right? And we know it well, by the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread. And so St. Paul says that he who does not work shall not eat it. But there, that's talking about belly food. The enduring food, soul food, that's given to you. That's, that's gifted to you. No work on your part required, none expected, none accepted. But even so, doesn't stop that crowd today, does it, from, from pursuing what our old flesh always will. The thought and, and the question, all right, well, but Jesus, what do I have to do to work for this food? What do I have to do to get this food? Or in their terms, as they put it, what must we then do to be doing the works of God? It's like they weren't even listening to him. He said, I'll give it to you. And they said, okay, well, what do we have to do to get it? like they weren't even listening to him. Of course, their question is still lived out in our lives whenever we'd overlook the gift given and still ask ourselves, all right, but what decision do I then have to make to choose it? What must we do? Or, okay, but what feeling do I have to feel in order to know that it's mine? What must we do? Or perhaps, yeah, I, I may be given it, but what do then I have to do and how well do I have to do it in order to hold on to that bread? What must we do? What do I have, who do I have to help? Where do I have to go? How often do I have to be there in order to show that I'm good for it? In other words, what must we do to be doing then the works of God? It would be as if we didn't listen to Him. That food, He says, I will give it to you. I'll gift it. To you. 
But you know, as with the crowd and their question today, Jesus takes our would-be works and with an answer. The answer he gave them, he turns them on their head. Because you see, there's only one singular work that counts. His work. God the Son's redeeming work on the cross to pay for our sin. That if left unpaid for would condemn us all eternally. And God the Holy Spirit's work in our lives to give us life. Who otherwise are dead in sins. And enable us to trust in Christ's work. And so we would ask what must we do to be doing the works of God. And and in his answer Jesus turns that completely on its head. Exchanging all of our works plural. For his work singular. And he answers this way. He says and this is the work singular of God. Not of you and me but of God. That you believe. That you trust in him. Whom God the Father has sent. You can almost taste the soul food now. Friends, the bread that puts an end to all the Old Testament appetizers, like manna rain from heaven, the bread that is the only nourishing entree, meat, drink, and food for any soul, for we all eat the same spiritual food, The true bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to an otherwise dead world is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the bread of life. The bread. The bread, indicating there's none other that can do what he can do. The bread of life. Meaning that it's life imparting, that he's life imparting with the stuff, with the ingredients of eternal life. It's life. It's just like the slice of daily bread you'd ingest and digest and then reap the benefits of its ingredients, so too then Christ is the bread that brings to you the ingredients of life. Life for your soul, even life in time to your dying body. Life to whomever eats of it. Life to whomever believes in Him. How do you eat it? Where do you you get it? Well, it's not like that famous boudin sourdough bread many of us love. That bread that you generally have to get right here near San Francisco somewhere, or you can even buy it in the airport. But bread you have to take back with you to Chicago, London, Paris, Rome, or wherever you call home. Bread you can't get there. No, it's, it's not where Jesus locates this far better bread. In fact, in our text, he even tells us where he locates it. It says Jesus is preaching to the crowd about himself. That he tells them, my father is presently, is giving you the true bread from heaven. And you see, wherever still there's preaching of Christ crucified and what he's done for you to save you from from sin. Wherever there's preaching of Christ crucified and someone hearing and trusting in him, that's where the true bread, soul food is being served and where faith is being fed and the bread of life is is being eaten. And wherever in this wilderness of a world, Christ Jesus, the true bread, comes down from heaven and rests under sacramental bread and wine in his own very body and blood and, and then he's received on the tongue of him who believes there. There faith is fed on the bread of life. 
And fed, I tell you, by a far greater miracle than Moses ever could have conceived. And wherever a newly baptized little lamb is grazing in God's pasture, grazing as her mother teaches her to form on her little lips the name of her Savior, there faith is fed. It's fed for for all of us eat the same spiritual food, and that food is Christ. Christ Jesus, he's the food that endures, and as he goes, so goes the eater of him. Lord, we pray, give us this food always. And that's the last point this morning to be made. Always. This bread is your life. And so never, ever stop eating it. For remember, you don't don't let the busyness and the business of life forever keep you from dinner. And recall that you wouldn't neglect to feed your daughter or your son, which you know they need to nourish their living and their growing bodies. You don't neglect to teach them what's good for them to eat. You don't let the familiarity of good, wholesome foods for the body breed contempt of it. Is this food for the soul any less critical? No, indeed, I say more. More. And when, like Elijah, the world's worn you out and you feel like just lying down and and giving up, this bread, Christ Jesus, will be there to feed and strengthen you for the steps that God's called you yet to take. And when you'd think that your sin would ever be more than Jesus is able to forgive, then you just remember... You remember what Jesus was able to do for a multitude with just five loaves. More than enough. And then some. And if you'd ever think as wilderness wandering pilgrims of his on your way to your promised land that maybe if you'd ever think that maybe just maybe this bread from heaven one day won't be there for you. Then you just remember you're his people. For like Joshua of old records, the manna came every day. Every day it came, he writes, until the day it stopped. And that was the day after God's children were safely in their promised land. Lord Jesus Christ, give to us this bread always. In his name, amen.
Let us now pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs, we pray. For the entire number of baptized, that we with the saints of old and the fellowship of the church throughout the ages may gratefully celebrate one Lord, one faith, one baptism, the God and Father of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors who proclaim and teach the word and administer the sacraments, that they may equip the saints for that which you would have us do as your people, building us up in the word that your church may not be carried about by every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth in love, we may be your instruments in building up the body of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our vacation Bible school and for its staff and its children, that in the week to come they may follow the Lamb, as did those in the early church, and know him and love him and confess him with confidence and joy that they did. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the executive, legislative, and judicial branches of our government, that each may perform its duties wisely and limit itself according to the constitution of our land, for all who enforce our laws and protect us from criminal behavior, as well as for those who fight fires and attend to medical emergencies, especially those in Northern California as they fight fires these days, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the members of our armed forces, wherever they may be around the world, that they would successfully complete the goals of their deployment, which are consistent with your will, and be safeguarded as they safeguard us from harm and danger, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the impoverished and hungry, that they may be provided the basic necessities of life. For the innocent in prison, that they may be exonerated and be protected from harm and danger. For the guilty, that they may serve their time, regret their harm of their crime, and what has caused others in having served their sentences be released to live lawfully and peacefully in society, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the unemployed, that opportunities might become available and evident. For businesses, that they may provide good and wholesome products and services to benefit our communities and nation. For educators, that they may know the truth and the right and good of their disciplines and be able to impart that truth to our children and youth. For the medical community, that it may value the gift of life and be your trustees in preserving it. For those with child, that they may be kept safe from harm and danger, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all of those who are sick among us, that in Christ's embrace, they would experience healing according to his good and gracious will, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who now treasure the memories of loved ones whom you've called to yourself in heaven, especially Artis Miller and her family at the death of her husband, Glenn, that by the comfort of the Holy Spirit they may be sustained in the faith and patiently await the promised reunion of your people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those celebrating anniversaries of your goodness, be it anniversaries of their birthday or baptism or wedding or other special occasions, that they may be grateful for your gifts and express that gratitude in words of praise and thankful prayer, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who come to the altar today, that receiving our Lord's very body and blood, in him the bread of life, in repentance and faith, that they would delight that they have received the bread of God who gives life to the world, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have gone before us and who now repose in Christ, we give thanks and praise. And we ask, O Lord, that our Savior would also grant us a share in their heavenly fellowship and raise us up with them to the unending feast in his kingdom, which knows no end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend then all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Love of Lord be with you. right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened unto us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and saying, and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh. We thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in the sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Give you his peace.